Welcome to this special episode of The Joy of Writing. My guest is Elizabeth Haynes, best-selling crime author who has had published many novels that were started as projects in National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo, as I've learnt to pronounce it, and who is a big fan and cheerleader of the concept. Elizabeth, it's a great pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. Um, you are a great fan of NaNoWriMo, and for anybody who doesn't quite know what that is, that's the idea that you can write a 50,000-word novel in the month of November. But it's not quite that, is it? Um, well, put basically, that, that kind of is what it is. And um, I must just say, also, it's it's NaNoWriMo. Um, oh, NaNoWriMo. Yeah, but do you know what? I mispronounced it for years, and the only reason I know it's NaNoWriMo is because the fabulous Chris Beatty, who founded NaNoWriMo in 1999, came to talk to the Brighton writers um, when he was over in the UK, God, it must be, must be seven or eight years ago, maybe more than that. And we were all debating, we were all avoiding saying the word because we weren't <laughs> sure how to pronounce it. And then he said it, and then we were all fine after that. So it stands for National Novel Writing Month. So the rye kind of follows on from that, I guess. Okay. Oh, well, I jumped in with both feet and just, uh, and just got that completely wrong. Um, so, so the idea is you could write a, a novel, although 50,000 is more like a novella, but I suppose really the idea is that you write 50,000 words towards a novel. Well, the the, the total of 50,000 words was kind of an arbitrary thing that yeah. um, when they first started, they thought, what do, you, do we think we could get away with writing in 30 days? What's feasible? And the 50,000 words was sort of the minimum you can get away with for a completed novel, really. So, you know, there's debate about whether Animal Farm and 1984 are novels or novellas. And um, there's a couple of other ones that they've listed as being great American novels in particular that come in around the 50,000 word mark. So it's it, whether you call it a novel or a novella, yeah. I think the idea is to get something completed in the month but completing something is a whole new challenge isn't it let's face yeah. it but the 50,000 words is the goal whether you manage to finish it in that space or not is is another matter yeah I mean it, I mean it's a great goal and I did it last year for the very first time and I was very pleased with myself that I'd done it and you know to come away after uh, a month of working on it and you've got 50,000 fresh new words is fantastic really it um, is it is it gives you a a tremendous boost you know it's only 30 days out of your life and at the end of those 30 days you've got 50,000 words you didn't have before or yes. 20,000 words or 10,000 words or however many you've managed to do I think every word is a victory really and yes. um, it, it's it's great at getting you over those hurdles and um, getting out of your own way and just focusing on writing for a month and it's only a month it's very quick it goes past very fast Right, yeah. Now that's a very good point, and we'll we'll go on to actually the um, the actual writing and how you can manage manage it um, just a bit later on. Now you've done NaNoWriMo every yep. year since uh, 2005, which is incredible in in, in my uh, view. Um, and also, if I've got this right, seven of your eight published novels you started writing as a NaNoWriMo project. Yes, that's right. Um, so my history with NaNoWriMo, 
Um, I was introduced to it by a friend in October 2005, so really just before it was about to kick off. <clears throat> and I thought, you know what, this sounds like a fun challenge. This is the sort of thing I could do. You know, I'm never going to be able to climb a mountain probably or run a marathon, but this is something that's more up my street. And before that, I had written lots of bits of you know short stories and bits of dialogue and I'd invented characters all my life really but mm -hmm. I'd never had a reason to carry on when I got stuck this is the problem I had I would I would get bored or not know what was going to happen next and I would just stop <clears throat> and not carry on because there was no point you know yeah and I just thought well we'll see what happens and I did 50,000 words um, it was enormous fun and it was another, took another three attempts. I think it was 2008 before I finished anything. So those first three goes, I just kind of got to the 50,000 words, which was, you know, an arbitrary amount through the story and just stopped and left it. And I never went back to them. Uh -huh. um, but the third one, I actually had a beginning, a middle and an end. And I had a good bunch of characters. And I thought this is something I could actually work with. So that was the first time I tried editing after that one. Yeah. And, and that book, um, that became Into the Darkest Corner? That's right, yes, yes. Um, which you, so as you're saying, you did it NaNoWriMo 2008, and then it got published by Myriad 2011. Yeah. Which is a good, that's a pretty, pretty good development timeline. And did anything from your first three years where you'd completed the challenge, did anything come forward with it, or was yeah. it new stuff? So, um, 2005 has never seen the light of day my first one that's that well to be fair i also lost the last twenty thousand words to a hard drive failure so this is back up your novels is the yeah. lesson to be learned from that but 2007 um and 2008 i actually carried on in 2008 with 2007's project so at the end of that i had something like 130,000 words and still no sign of an ending but i went back to that one and that one became um under a silent moon which was my fourth novel so i revisited those earlier ones and and uh, worked on them again excellent excellent so really anybody starting out with this challenge uh it would be good for them just to sort of uh you know re reset their horizons and be thinking just just write as many words as you can and uh, try it again next year try it again the year after that and you'll soon be in the flow of you know writing your work I think also you have to as well as resetting your work you have to reset your expectations with yeah. this um, and the reason I first did it in 2005 was for fun and you were telling me as well the, the reason you did it was for yeah. a bet yeah. Um, so we need to take off this mantle of I'm going to write a serious novel and yeah. change the world and reset your expectations to I'm going to have a laugh for 30 days and see what happens. And the result of that is something really quite magical because you would think writing at speed, which is, you know, part of the part of the course with this, that what you're going to be writing is going to be rubbish. And largely it is. But yeah. in the course of those 50,000 words, your brain will do something magical and there will be large bits of it that are usable and really good and really quite surprising. Um, and so I think you have to take off that weight of expectation and just allow yourself to have fun. And the fun part of it is what keeps you coming back year after year. Well, it does for me anyway. Yeah. It's the, the knowledge that, yeah, I know this is going to be really hard and I know it's going to be a challenge, 
But you know what? I'm going to write with other people, which is also part of it that no doubt we'll talk about as well. I'm going to make friends. I'm going to have a laugh, and I'm going to see what comes out of it. Yeah, yeah. No, that that sounds very good. I mean, certainly, again, if you're not very experienced with writing, um, people. I mean, people need to realise that you just have to do it, get all the crud out of the way, mm. and then good stuff will will come along. Yeah. But it, it won't come along the first, you know, first hour you sit down. You've just got to sit there, do it, do it, do it. And then, as you're saying, the magic happens. Um, and the, the funny thing is, when you when you read back, which I don't recommend you do until at least January, right. um, when you read back, the bits that felt good writing at the time aren't necessarily the same bits that feel good when you're reading back. And sometimes, you know, you can remember where you were when you wrote a particular bit you know not this year but previous years a lot of it was done in coffee shops for me all around the area and I can remember writing this particular bit and I remember the stress of it and thinking well this is rubbish there's nothing going to happen with this and quite often they're the bits that turn out you you read them back and you think oh well you know that's unexpected so you you, there's no way of predicting what's going to come out of it either so you, you have to stop judging yourself Absolutely. You have to, um, to coin a phrase, you have to get out of your own way. That's a big one. Yeah. And um, to use one of the favorite NaNoWriMo tips and tricks is you have to cage your inner editor. You have to lock your inner editor in a cellar for the month and absolutely not edit as you go along because it's, it's distracting. Um, it slows your word count right down and there's no point doing it because it's not National Editing Month, it's National Novel Writing Month. No, that, that's, that's quite right. Now, how do you actually approach the task? So, for example, you might be at home writing maybe or in a coffee shop writing. Um, there, there are two extremes, aren't there? There's the pantser who writes by the seat of the pants and yep. then there's the plotter who's got it all worked out beforehand and sort of just fills in the gaps. Which one are you? So on that uh, continuum, on that spectrum, I am very much on the pantser side. Um, And there I know of many, many plotters, many detailed world builders who approach NaNoWriMo in a very different way to me. And I think one of the joys of NaNoWriMo is that there is no right or wrong way to do this. There, there is no instruction manual, or there is to be fair, but you don't have to follow it. there, there is no right or wrong way to do it and that means you can do it and I can do it and everybody who's listening to this can do it as well yeah. there's nothing to stop you so in terms of the practicalities as a pantser I usually have a germ of an idea that I'm going to start off with I might have one or two characters and a setting but beyond that I try really hard not to think about it too much in the in the months and weeks leading up to November because I get bored very easily right. and if I think my way through the plot all the way to the end there then becomes to me no point in writing it because yeah. I write to find out what's going to happen and other people I know approach this completely differently and have just a great as great an experience in November as I do. I think you, you're you more of a planner, aren't you? Well, I was, because I was trying to think of a method, you know, because I'm a scientist uh, by training, and I was thinking there's got to be a method to do this. It's just words per day. So I, I, I cut down, because um, it's, it's 1,667 words per day if you do it every day for 30 days. And so, yes, I did have 30 scenes in mind, 
and I just knew I had to get from scene, you know, four to scene five. Uh, and in a, in a very sort of detailed um, sort of manner. But for other work, for example, I, I wrote a, a, a long draft of a novel, 80,000 words over lockdown. I was pantsing the whole way. I just turned up and just went with it. I wrote things way out of order, you know, and, and now I'm stitching that together. So, yes, um, I did plot like crazy. <laughs> I think there's advantages and disadvantages to both ways. Yeah. So I think pantsing, um, it, I, I feel, is, is quite good fun and it's quite freeing. But then if you're going to do something with your words at the end of it, you have a bigger job to fix things. Right. So you will create massive plot holes and you have to just skip over them and leave them where they are and occasionally maybe drop yourself a note to remind yourself of what you were thinking at the time. Um and then, and then there's necessarily a huge amount of fixing to be done. Whereas with planning, I think you've probably got less fixing to do um, yeah. at the end of it. Yes, I, I think so. I haven't actually looked at the one I, I wrote last time, but I, I think I will be editing it this time round. Uh, which, so that's like you know, can I can I write another thirty thousand, or it might need another fifty to 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 get there. Um, do you like methods like Snowflake? I've never tried any mm. other methods. I had um, a, quite an extensive look at Save the Cat once. Yes. And I I did have a look at trying to fit the novel that I'd written into those um, into that stalk, that arc breakdown yeah. that it creates yeah. for that. And that was momentarily sort of entertaining, but then it didn't really fit. And I had this overwhelming sense that I was doing it wrong. And at that point, I thought, actually, this is counterproductive, and I'm just going to go back to having fun and playing with it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm not very good at fitting into those, um, those, those structures. But I can see the benefit of doing it. And on the occasions where I've been trying to dig myself self out of the massive plot holes I've created, <laughs> I do definitely wish that I was more of a planner and and more able to use them. Right. Right. And and the everyday nitty gritty of writing, there are always distractions. There's, yes. I mean, you, you work. There's there's family. There's you know all all manner of things which, on the face of it, look a whole lot more fun than um, chaining yourself to your desk or, or wherever you're going to do the work. Have you got any sort of handy tips you've developed over the years for staying on target? Uh, so a couple of things. Firstly, um, I would say. If you can get ahead of target early in the month, this is a really uh -huh. good thing. So I would always aim to write at least 2,000 words a day for the first week, preferably more if you can, because there will be days later in the month where you won't be able to write. Things will crop up or you won't feel like it or you'll get ill or something will happen and there will be days when you can't write. And if you're ahead of the game, then it's almost easier to pick up where you left off than if you've fallen behind, it becomes very much an uphill struggle so you think well now I need to write 3,000 words a day if I'm going to finish on the 30th of November and I can't see that I'm going to be able to do that and therefore I'm going to give up yeah. so it's um it's it's a psychological trick really but if you can get ahead in the early stages then that will that will do you a really good um a turn then in terms of practicalities of every day trying to keep keep the words flowing this is where the NaNoWriMo community comes in and what makes it very different from other writing tasks is 
there are other people all around the world who are doing this with you. You can um, find writing buddies. There is um, a region for every part of the world uh, that you can join and very much encourage you to do that because um, there will be people there who are organizing events. Sadly this year it's all online for yeah. obvious reasons mm -hmm. but there are online events going on every day that will help you get that word count up. Now in terms of what that actually looks like um, I'm talking about word sprints and yeah. um, just practically how that works is usually someone will set a timer for 20 minutes or some arbitrary amount of time yeah everybody will write like the wind for 20 minutes and then you will come back and compare word counts so there gets a little element of competition with it but the only person you're competing against really is yourself because there's people who can write 150 words in 20 minutes and then there's people who write over a thousand words in 20 yeah. minutes I've met some of them um, so I know they exist um, and then they will aim to do maybe 1,200 words in the next sprint and so on. So really you're just trying to compete with yourself. And it's amazing how the words just rack up when you're doing things like that. I think that's, that's an excellent tip. I mean, um, one of my favorite productivity methods is the Pomodoro technique and that sounds exactly like it. So I put on a timer for 15 minutes and just write. Yeah. And then the timer goes off, I have a five minute break and then I repeat. And, and it's a bit like uh, sprint training, isn't it? It's, you know, just for a short amount of time, uh, there's a little bit of pain involved. Yeah. Um, and then you can have a rest, and then you've forgotten about the pain, and then you just do it again. There is there is an element of sort of forcing yourself to do this, really. But, mm. you know, it is, it is like any challenge. Um, it's time limited, you know, it's only for a month. Yeah. And the, the goals are the rewards at the end of it are, are fabulous, you know. It's um it's a it's a massive achievement, so it's worth doing it. And you just have to keep reminding yourself of it as you're going through the pain. <laughs> yes, I mean it's a shame to use the word pain, but um people do find it a very tough challenge and actually some people, I mean as you know, um I get quite negative about the whole concept, mm -hmm. uh, which is a shame, really. They essentially say you're just going to write rubbish, and but I think that that's just demonstrably untrue for mm -hmm. many people. Um, what, what's your? I mean, I'm sure your take on that would be it'll be lots and lots of words, and some will be good words in the right order. I think the, the my my response to that is it you know it doesn't matter you know mm. it's it's not anybody's business but yours if you're writing rubbish or not and yeah. um, the, some of the negativity I've seen there usually tends to be sort of a newspaper article around this time of year where there's sort of a bit of a jokey tone you know all these all these slightly weird people are going to write a novel in November for absolutely no reason and um, and then there'll be some element to it where an editor or a publisher will trot out and say how awful it is that all these awful novels land on their desks in December and, you know, do people genuinely think they're going to be able to publish a novel having written it in a month? And to that I say, you know, it's just really, really mean, you know? It, people are doing this for fun. It's nobody's business but anyone else's. Yeah. And it's it's a joyous thing and i know i joked about pain a minute ago but if it wasn't largely joyous to do it 
there wouldn't be hundreds of thousands of people all around the world getting geared up to to write this next month you know yeah. so I think the pain is a small part of it, small but necessary part of it because it's a challenge. But for the most part, it's inclusive, it's um, fun, it's encouraging, it makes you get words down that you wouldn't otherwise have. And um, I think all those people who aren't doing it potentially are um, are missing out. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I liken it to sports training, you know, and if you want to get better at a sport, well, you have to train, which mm. means you open yourself up to, yeah, sure, failing at some of the drills, maybe, but just keep going and you'll get the drills. You know, I'm thinking of football training particularly. Um, you know, you, you will just improve with time and effort. Mm. Um, and you, I think one of the greatest opportunities that I can see is um, you actually learn a bit about yourself and how you can write um, to order in, mm. in a way you know you can do this you just got to figure it out for yourself how best you work um, you know what it is what I mean to, to continue the sporting analogy it's stretching your writing muscles isn't it and yeah. you learn a lot about creativity about structuring a story yes. about characters and dialogue and all sorts while you're doing it and um, you know, it, it's it's for all the people who've said, I'd like to write a novel one day, but have never had the time or the inclination or the reason to do it. I think that these are the people who benefit from NaNoWriMo because it gives you a chance to have that excuse to say, I'm going to write a novel. And particularly yeah. this year of every year, you know, writing is great for your mental health. Yeah. It gives you a chance to get out all the frustrations and tensions that you might be feeling in your daily life. And especially for all those people in lockdown, you know, it's it's the chance to escape, besides anything else, into a world of your own creation. And I think that's that's really quite a marvellous thing. And I'm I'm hoping that this year, with everything being so weird, and particularly with people who are locked down and maybe don't aren't able to get to work, um, this might be the opportunity for for many people to to write a novel for the first time. Yeah, no, I hope so. I mean, I think. I, Overall, it's a, it's a good idea, and I'm, I'm glad I took on my bet because it did open up a few um, interesting areas for me. So you and you'll be an ML, a municipal liaison yes. again. Yes. Uh, will, and will you be doing the challenge again? You'll be writing as well. Yes, that's part of the contract. Yeah. Of the they thing. make you uh -huh. sign a little contract saying uh -huh. you're going to have a good go at doing it. Right. <laughs> you can't be an ML and not take part as well. Okay. So it's like an added challenge. Yeah. I do like the idea of the word sprints because it's something I do anyway. So I think I'll have to, um, I'll have to join in with one of those. I mean, that, that sounds like a, a smart use of time. There are um, other things that the MLs do. So municipal liaison um, is is another word really for cheerleader. So I'm yeah. sort of the official one of two official cheerleaders for the Norfolk region. Yeah. Um, there are regions for every county, I believe, in the UK, pretty much. And the MLs organise not just writing sprints this year online, usually in coffee shops and yeah. university campuses and places like that, but online this year. But we also have other events. So we have a party. It's just a chance to get to know other writers and also to um, for newbies to ask questions and you know have a bit have a bit of a soothing moment from us telling you that it can be done it is possible yeah. um and then we have a, a tgio party at the beginning of december a thank god it's all over party where we get together and discuss how they found the month and what people are going to do with the words they've written 
Um, so there, there are sort of a series of events through the month, and we write encouraging emails and pep talks and things like that. Oh, that sounds excellent. That sounds very inspirational. And um, so, I mean, th- thank you for explaining that uh, how NaNoWriMo works. I'm going to say it properly now. <laughs> um, uh, also, your own experience with it, which which has been uh, very good for you for writing your own books. So, thank you, Elizabeth. Um, inspirational stuff. Thank you, Mark. And, um, you know, if anyone's thinking of having a go, I would say go for it. Nothing to lose, everything to gain.